Hi, this is Dave Mason, and you're listening to Rock at Night. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Anita, and today I'm talking to Dave Mason, formerly of the band Traffic, a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member as of 2004, um, an iconic musician who's played with just about everybody through, throughout his long career. And at the age where most people retire, he's still going strong and set to release a new project on November 20th, Alone Together Again to celebrate his initial solo uh, recording, uh, Alone Together, that was released 50 years ago. You can already pre-order this album, and Rocket Night will provide the link on our website. Uh, this album includes um, the songs which show over and over again that truly well-written songs survive the test of time, and they keep being performed by artists generations later. He also knows the importance of social media and advertising and has been participating in fan chats once a month. And Dave, you just did one on October 23rd, a Facebook live Q&A, right? Um, yeah, I thought was the date. This was the other day. <laughs> one day rolls into another. And are you going to be doing one in November as well? Probably. Probably be, I'm sure we'll be doing an a number of them, yeah. Well, what I'll, yeah, we'll try to find an up the upcoming date and we'll post it um, when we post the yeah, great, the great. recording. Now, um, Alone Together was like a soundtrack album for most of us, and those songs from that album bring back a lot of memories. Uh, describe a little about how the recording of that album was different from the recording of Alone Together Again, maybe based on technology and who you were recording with? Well, basically the difference is, is that the loan together was, <laughs> one of the differences is AI was 22 years old uh, and they were session musicians. In other words, I, you know, <laughs> nobody, we, had, we hadn't gone on the road, we hadn't played any concerts. Um, so everything was pretty much worked out there in the studio. Um, and there was great musicians, great LA musicians there on that original album uh, that went on to play with Clapton and people from Delaney and Bonnie. Um, and people played on a number of hit records at that time uh, in the studio. But the thing was, it was not, didn't have the... Um, the difference, the biggest difference basically is um, is the fact that the Learn Together Again is cut with my my band, the band that I used to go on the road with. and um, Like John Sambatero has been with me. God, John's been with me for over 40 years. So <clears throat> a lot of that stuff I play um, in the concerts. And so it has more of a, 
In other words, if the original album, if I'd have taken that, those, all those players that I had on there on the road, would have had a little slightly different energy, more energy. So the newer album has it's a little bit more, what can I say, a little more zing in there, for want of a better word. Some of the arrangements are a little different um, on, the, on Along Together Again. Uh, world in Changes, I changed completely um, from the original way it was done. Uh, the others are pretty close to the original arrangements. Um, uh, the slight variations are some that I think came out just way better on the new uh, version, like Sad and Deep as You, which actually was a live... It's actually, that's a, the track basically is a live track, except for the, um, the solo guitar work on there, but that's basically a live track that was cut, it might have been 12, 14 years ago at XM Radio. So basically the whole thing with Alone Together Again is it came to be a CD and, and, and be released. I wasn't really wasn't planning on doing that. I was basically re-recording and doing some of this stuff kind of for my own amusement. But the bulk of the uh, of Alone Together Again is basically it's, all, it's, it's pretty much live. Most of those tracks were cut live one afternoon in a studio in New Jersey where we were on the road with my band so it definitely has a little bit more of a more energy but but they're all very live uh essentially recordings so maybe a better way to describe it would be not remastered but more like revisioned kind of i was thinking of that word when pretty I was, much yeah well it's not yeah. remastered at all it's it's that no it's far from remastered it's it's there they're redone completely um, yeah yeah now, you wrote um, Feeling All Right, which is probably one of the most mm -hmm. covered songs in rock and roll, um, when you yeah. were almost 20 years old. And um, yes. what or who inspired that song? Uh, <laughs> Feeling All Right. Feeling All Right is basically just another... Um, um, just another... Um, Another love song, <laughs> basically, uh, that didn't work out. So the song's really right, about right. Feel, the, the song's about not feeling too good myself. That's what the song is about, essentially. But but then Joe Cocker did it, and um, basically the 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 version that Joe did really is what um, sort of made it more feeling all right. And but it also spawned the uh, oh, gone over. 50 major artists have, have recorded it and I, probably every a lot of bar bands still play it i'm sure um so <laughs> it just goes i on. love the video i love the video i think the new video is really great and it has a lot of energy uh, to it yeah with so. the uh, dave and the quarantines <laughs> right <laughs> now yeah. I saw the band Traffic uh, many years ago at Curtis Hickson Hall in Tampa and it might have been in 1973 it's really strange but I went back to like a list of the shows at that venue and I couldn't find it but I knew I saw Traffic at that place around that year and I'm not sure if you were at the band with the band at that time because no. um, you no, left I, Traffic I only... at different times and got back together with them so yeah, i only played a couple of sh of 
official concerts over here with them, which was the uh, <coughs> Fillmore East and um, I think Central Park. Mm-hmm. <coughs> what do you think was um, your favorite show out of those two, or what are, what might have been your favorite show in the states that you did back in those early times? Well, I only did two shows of traffic here. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a little hard to pick one one or the other of those. <laughs> that was it. I did two shows and that was that was the extent of my my playing with them over here. Except for Sydney. Did you a couple, couple of places. Did, uh, did you like the energy um of the states as far as what was happening here with the music scene? Um did you prefer that over being in England, or um, where did you want to be in those early years, like in your early 20s? Well, after the second Traffic album, and and it turned out that there was really no place for me in that band anymore, as everybody, everybody had made pretty evident, um, there was really only one place to come go, and that was to, to, to here to the U.S. I mean, I was so... I figured I'd just go where all this music started. Um, right. I mean, you know, this other than um, other than you know, bluegrass music, which probably has more of its roots from Europe. Um, there, everything else—jazz, blues, gospel—I uh, mean, you name it. It's, it's, it's all American music. I mean, there'd be, as I keep saying, there'd, there'd be no me and there'd be no Rolling Stones and there'd be no Eric Clapton and there'd be none of those people if it wasn't for all the American music that we copied and learned from. Yeah, I was watching a couple of the older movies about how um, they used to run the pirate radio stations all around Great Britain on ships. I don't know if that was true, but that was how oh, yeah. a lot of the yeah, people... That commercial radio, I mean, most of it was the BBC, and then they had commercial radio, and the commercial radio got driven out, so they went, went had ships outside the 12-mile limit. And they were broadcasting it, of course, bringing American music mm-hmm. to um, Well, we, we heard all that, yeah, but we'd heard all that before, before the pirate ships. I mean, you know, you tune in Radio Luxembourg, or the armed forces right. stations. And um, right, so yeah, we had all that music anyway before that. We were at, we were able to get it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right. Um, we're now you um, did some recording with uh, uh, Jimi Hendrix, and how did that mm-hmm. happen? Um, I know he was spending a lot of time in England in his in his early career, but how did you how did you guys meet each other, and how did you end up um, playing on uh, some of his tunes? I just was sat down one night, started chatting with him in a one of the clubs in in, in London. Many clubs that we'd all frequent after hours and stuff. And basically, he was a tra- fan of Traffic's, and of course, was a fan of his. And we we just sat down and started talking one night. Um, and from that, I just sort of got together with him occasionally when it could. We all used the same recording studios, pretty much. Um, so you'd run across people and I just through it all just got more uh, to spend more time with him 
and then eventually finished up uh, at one point was going to actually take Noel Redding's place on bass. Um, but that never happened. But anyway, finished up in the studio recording with him and playing the acoustic guitar and all along the watchtower and um, singing on cross iron traffic. And um, two or three other tracks um, of me playing bass and sitar that I, I think have kind of are sl- slowly emerging. Otherwise, I don't know what the heck happened with those. <laughs> so your your instrument of choice is guitar, but you can play bass and sitar. And, and sitar was pretty popular back then. You were also playing uh, with George Harrison and All Things Must Pass. And of course, he was he had a lot of the Indian East Indian influence in his music. Oh yeah. Um, so um, was that a big draw for you to play something that wasn't like standard rock and roll, and maybe to do something different, branch out? I mean, that's what Traffic was too. I always considered Traffic as more early early kind of fusion, maybe before people had a yeah, word. Yeah, we, we were like an early alternate, you know, what would be termed an alternate band, you know. We had just, right. we drew from all kinds of stuff, but that's what was going on at that point. So very experimental, and a lot of things you tried. A lot of Eastern music, music was entering into the music. Um, so I, I started playing, playing around with sitar and used it on a couple of traffic, actually their biggest hit single over there, Hole in My Shoe and Paper Sun. Um, I, I remember yeah. Hole in My Shoe. I remember that because it was mm. really considered like more psychedelia kind of, psychedelic music. And that was, um, what was it, 67, I think, maybe, uh, when that came out? Prob- probably. I, just, I don't know the exact dates. Right. Um, so, and a lot of a lot of the artists were going also going to East India, just mainly for spiritual pursuits. So, some of the, of course, the music and the style of music would rub off on people. Um, yes. So, so some other people that you've played with. Um, it, wow, it's like a long, impressive list. Um, some of the people from Fleetwood Mac, Paul McCartney, the Rolling Stones. Um, what do you think was your craziest time and what do you think was your most relaxing time <laughs> with any of those artists? Um, well, <laughs> I, just, I don't know about, uh, I, not so crazy or relaxed. It just, that's, you know, I was, I was with Fleetwood Mac for two years, 94 to 96, and we did an album called Time that didn't right. get, uh, much promotion at all um and so i did that for a couple of years and you know i'm no mick on and off of course that's why he's on that uh dave and the quarantines thing um but i mean the only bands that i've been the only the only bands that i've been with for for a certain amount of time were uh were traffic um fleetwood mac and delaney and bonnie uh, mm-hmm. the rest of it's pretty much and, and, and whatever early bands I had when I was way, way younger, um, local bands. Yeah, I believe, but other- I believe Bonnie still lives, she lives very close to here. We're in Tampa, and I think um, I saw ah, her maybe okay. on a, I, I saw her on a video maybe 
oh, it might have been last year or something, but she was playing at a local place and she was still singing. I mean, she was really um, quite well, blow, blowing them away yeah. is what I can say about uh, them. So, yeah, she um, can <laughs> Yeah, incredible voice. Um, now, um, let me ask you this too. Um, who were some of the artists from your past that have inspired you the most? And then is, do you have like another little short list of new artists that you think are going to be around, you know, 50 years from now? Um, well, I mean, I have from I mean, things that I drew from, excuse me, um, in the past are innumerable. I mean, there's all the blues players and, you know, and jazz players that would have been of influence. And, in some Indian stuff and of listen I mean just a, just a lot of very diverse things for me um guitar wise of course mostly I'm a guitar player that's where I started out being right. and that's my main main thing um uh so obviously all the old all the blues players um for sure and just a lot of my very early stuff would have been in the very beginning when I was very young would be Hank Marvin from the shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, uh, new stuff. I have no idea. I, I have no clue who's out there. <laughs> Somebody asked me about this, that the other day. And I was like, you know what? I have, I have no idea who's out there. I don't know. So I well, don't one really, of the things that's so different is, is the things that are different now is that, a lot of these artists, the young up-and-coming artists, don't have that staying power that artists from our generation have. Like, um, your songs are still being played, still out there. You know, um, you can turn on a classic rock radio station and hear all this music from 40, 50 years ago, but yet the ones that are, the young ones that are recording, you're not going to hear those things five years from now on, on being played or getting airtime. So I think that's a huge difference between the music from our generation and the, and the new music coming up. And that's probably why you don't really have anybody that you're listening to, you know, that you're, you've become, you know, enamored yeah. by. Yeah, so, no, uh, I mean, I, I guess I, I just don't, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really follow it. So I don't know. I'm sure there's some, I mean, I know that there's, uh, the last few years, I mean, I've run into or come across some, I don't remember the names, but some just very young, um, incredible, incredibly good guitar players. I mean, young kids, mm-hmm. 14, 15, 16. So this, there's that, but, 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 um, but I don't, you know, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know who the heck is out there. I don't, I don't really follow it. You know, I, I guess I'm so, right. um, Wrap, wrapped up in what I've been doing and and um, so when I have time off I take I kind of take time off I mean if I'm listening to music it's usually going to be it could be anything I mean what do I have in my playlist right now and I've got uh, I've got thing, I've got let's see I, I could tell you what's in one of my playlists to give you an idea of what I might be listening to but some of it might be, I mean, I've got from Bob Marley 
to Jimmy Smith, Jack McDuff, Frank Sinatra, Glenn Miller. Oh, my, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> and he's sure, good, absolutely. and I listen to him still. A- yeah. A- absolutely. Man, and a voice, great voice. And some of those arrangements from Nelson Riddle were just amazing. I mean, I've got things like Eddie Cochran, Fats Domino. Right. Ricky Nelson, Dion, <laughs> Doris Troy. I mean, there's so uh, um, Dave Brubeck. I mean, that's some stuff. Right, he's been around for, yeah. Yeah, and you so, know, you can create your own playlist, too, on Spotify. I know I've done that, and, you know, I, I post it in different places so people can see what I'm listening to. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a lot of fun to do that. It's kind of like a pastime of mine. But um, um, that's that's a pretty impressive list, especially the Frank Sinatra part. <laughs> um, well, because my parents... Yeah, my parents were listening to all that, and that was how, you know, it came down to me. I said, hey, this is really good music. So, you know, yeah. um, my father owned music, a rock and roll. It's still good music, yeah. you know. Yeah, my my father owned a rock and roll radio station, so he was pretty, um, he, he was also into big band. So, um, so oh, okay. we had all that in our house. Now, yeah, you're right. doing a great, yeah. you're doing a great charity um, for veterans um, that I wanted to make sure we, we gave some time to. It's called um, rockourvets.org. Can you tell yeah. the, our listeners a little bit about that? Um, well, it's just basically, you know, we, it's, we're very small, um, myself and many Ted Knapp out in the East Coast. Um, and we're just basically an all-volunteer little group, and we do our little part to to help um, vets, and actually not just um, military vets, we support all uniform services, law enforcement, uh, firemen, um, and, and vets. And we kind of do what we can to help out with things that they, they need. It's just um, a lot of the times it's not just, it's not about money. Um, they need things. So, um, so yeah, please, I mean, like I said, we are all completely volunteer. Everything we get minimal stuff that we might need office stuff but all of it goes where it's supposed to go and no, we're just happy to I mean I'm I'm the project of a father that fought in the 1914-18 war and my half brother was driving tanks in North Africa in second world mm-hmm. war and I'm I'm born in 1946 so I uh, I tend to take um, all that stuff very seriously, and and I appreciate the people that put on a uniform and do that stuff. So I think it behooves us to help out. I think the the I I think the government I, and I'm not talking about either parties here. I have no political alliance, but just per se, uh, the way they deal with them and all that is shameful. I think, right. and if they were dealt with, if they dealt with properly, we wouldn't exist. Um, you know, but we're there to fill in a void, I guess, along, along with other other charities that are there too. So that's why, you know, that's why we do it. I'm happy to do it. Well, I'm a veteran myself, so I'm sure there's a lot of veterans out there that thank oh, you for thank you. for doing that, and. Um, you know, my father was also a veteran, and um, so I, too, come from that family. My father was in um, the Korean conflict. So, um, right. 
but um, one of the things that um, has changed a lot of the charities and things that we're doing to help our fellow humans is the whole COVID thing. How has that changed what and how you're able to give? Has that done it? Has that done anything different? Uh, I mean, probably. I just. Um, I mean, Ted, my the my friend here, who sort of we both put this together. I mean, he really is the one that deals with all this stuff on a day to day or week to week basis. Um, so I imagine it's you know it's. I mean, it's affected everything. So I'm sure in some ways it has. Um, whether it's affected the uh, people donating and passing it along. I, I, I mean, the only thing that I can't do is what I do, would do mostly is what I would do at concerts in order to, uh, to either raise funds or for the charity, which would usually be auctioning off some guitars or something. So, I mean, I can't do that, obviously. So that, that's right. changed. So uh, raising funds and raising awareness is probably the best thing for right now. Uh, so we'll yeah, make sure I mean, we include. Anybody, yeah. Yeah. So anybody that wants, like I said, we, it's not about it's not about just money. They they you know things it could be anything you know clothes, a computer, cars, um, things that you need and use every day. Um, right. They need stuff. Right. And that was our goal. Our goal was just to help in some way to get people to be able to stand on their own two feet. Because um, I think, I mean, I think especially for people who've been in the military service, I think that their awareness of wanting to do that is 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 paramount. I mean, I I don't think anybody really wants to be constantly living off handouts. Um, right. People want, you know, people need to stand on their own two feet. So you give back, you know, hopefully giving back people some pride and dignity in, in terms of what they're, they're doing, you know. Exactly. Um, so where, with all this, all this that you've done through this huge body of work um, all your mm-hmm. life, where do you see yourself in five years? Are you going to still be rocking? <laughs> Are you going to be taking it easy? How, how's that going to work for you? And <laughs> I don't know. It's getting you know, noticing a little few more pains every time I get up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. We'll have to see how that goes. But I guess I'll be doing it as long as I can. Yeah. I, you know, I just spoke with an artist. Um, actually, some a little bit. Um, maybe last fall, yeah, about a year ago, uh, Mary Boinet from Norway, and she said that a particular artist, I can't remember which one, actually was playing when they passed. They were on stage, and she goes, that's exactly how I'm going to be doing it. She said, I'm going to be on stage until the very end. So, um, (laughs) Don't miss the last show. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's how you can envision it is doing what you love and doing what gives you bliss, to, you know, to the very end. And do you have anything, any words of wisdom for any young artists out there that may want to be making oh, a career of this? Damn, God. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what, it, what, what, 
you know, what, what, what you tell them. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that aren't, well, I guess it's different though. There's, it's, I just, I don't know other than, I mean, if you, if, it depends on how passionate you are about what you're doing. And if you are, then just stick with it and keep going. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's what I think too. Follow your bliss. Well, I think that's yeah. all the time we've got now. But Dave, I want to thank you so much for joining Rocket Night. We'll have the podcast up soon. I'll include all these links, including the Rock Our Vets and thank your you. next Q&A. And, um, you know, we'll make sure that we also do a write-up when the um, album drops on November 20th. Yeah, That'll be alone together again um due to drop on november 20th next month well th- almost three yeah, weeks I, away so. yeah well, you, and you can pre-order it from my, from dave mason music.com uh, right we're gonna we'll include moment, that so. link too so yeah, yeah so people great. can thank click you. right in but yeah. um thank you dave you have a great day yeah thank you all right bye bye now you're listening to Rock at Night. The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com.